0: I know where I am by the way the road looks. Look, I just know that I've been here before. I just know that I've been stuck here. (laughs) Don't worry. Everything's gonna be all right. I never thought I could make it as a real model. You know, fashion-oriented modeling. Trying to make a living. Isn't that right, Mike? What do you care about money? You got plenty of money. Actually, Mike is right. I am going to inherit money. A lot of money. You men make yourselves comfortable. I'll be right back. She's cool. She just likes to have three guys, because it takes her a little while to get warmed up. It's normal, nothing kinky. If I had a normal family, then I would have been a well-adjusted person. Depends on what you call normal. Yeah, it does. During a movie, she takes this gun, sticks it in his mouth, and blows his brains out. And that guy. Is your real father. Don't fuck me in the head anymore, man. I know who my fucking real dad is. Who, who is it? who? You. You're my dad. I know that.
1: I, I think I fell in love.
0: I'm gonna take a little time off. Maybe I'll run into you down the road. I'm extremely excited. <laughs> How long have I been here on the street, on this crusade? Fast. Little Dutch boy. Almost four years. That's a long time.
2: River Phoenix. Winner of the Volpe Cup for Best Actor. Venice Film Festival, 1991.
0: Mike, you're my best friend. And It's good to be you know, good friends. That's a good thing. Piano oh. Reeves. When I turn 21, I don't want any more of this life. I will change when everybody expects it the least. This road will never end. It probably goes
2: all around the world. From the acclaimed director of Drugstore Cowboy, My Own Private Idaho, the new film by Gus Van Sant. You're looking at your phone. I'm
1: not looking at my phone. The weekend.
2: Yeah, you were. You're straight up lying to me. You lied right to my fucking face. I mean, said you're not looking the, at your when phone. When I
1: said those words, I wasn't.
2: That sounds like uh, something you would say in a real argument. <sniffs> Movies are gay.
1: Oh, yeah, they are.
2: Oh, man. This one's oh, man. gay. Decades ago, I saw like five minutes of this movie or like a trailer, and I was like, oh, I got to check that out decades ago Mm -hmm. well it finally came around i'm so glad i watched this movie
1: me too i feel the same i've always known of it yeah it's always been one that i should watch at some point and just never have gotten it is
2: one of those movies where you kind of do know a significant amount about you know what's a you know what's gay yeah and kind of like one of the more mainstream gay movies of the time gus van zandt he had made drugstore cowboy it Mm -hmm. was a critical Success. I think he had a uh, an indie movie before that, mm-hmm. and he's always been openly gay.
0: Yeah,
2: and he's probably and I know he's not the first openly gay director, but you know, other than maybe James Well going back forever,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, who was publicly gay, but you had to be in the circle. You had to be in the it was a pretty broad circle, but it was yeah. a circle. But Gus Van Sant he weaves in and out of indie and mainstream. Yeah. Like he directed also directed Goodwill Hunting.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: Finding Forrester. Yes. You're the man now, dog. You're the man now, dog. He directed that I've movie. I've never
1: seen that one.
2: Uh Milk. Milk was Milk is good. Yeah. A, Milk is really good. A mainstream movie, I mean by the standard. But about a
1: gay man. About a gay
2: man. Mm-hmm. So very interesting. This Gus Fanzant character. I don't think I've seen any movies he's made since milk since then
1: i don't know what he's done since then
2: but this movie and we've seen this before when we're discussing directors earlier movies that this is a script that he had been kicking around for a minute and he couldn't get it made until he put out drugstore cowboy because this is the time where you can make movies like drugstore cowboy Mm. and new line cinema was like all right let's make your your uh twink movie so yeah my own private idaho starring River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves a very a very simple story about a lot of it's about loss uh, they, they play these these street boy hustlers who hook up with like such an eccentric variety of old, older gay men it's very fun it's very funny uh River Phoenix is amazing in this movie he passed away when we were really young after we watched this movie we kind of looked at his credits and there's really only like one or two other movies i've seen with him he passed
1: away like two years after this movie yeah i think that's right i think this came out in 91 and i think he passed away in 93
2: boy what a fucking crush this role yeah and uh the way he sold actual heartache and loss but also was kind of damaged but charming at the same time. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves literally plays the son of the mayor of Portland. Mm-hmm. And this is all all loosely based on Henry IV and Henry V. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that, and it gets much more obvious, the Shakespearean undertones, when we encounter Bob. Yes. You wouldn't call him a a, a pimp. If he's a pimp, he's a no. terrible one.
1: No, he's not a pimp. He's sort of like... The leader of the vagabonds. Yeah,
2: they're they're in Portland, and it's a bunch of <laughs> and, and like he's followed around by Flea.
1: Yeah, who, he like
2: who's overacted in the best way.
1: It's so believable. Like he <laughs> did a great job. This was like the perfect role for him because it just seemed like he was on drugs the whole time. Yeah, yeah, so it, it worked, and he actually like got very emotional a couple of times. Like, yeah,
2: it was he, very sweet. It
1: was very sweet, and yeah, Bob was sort of like their dad, who yeah. also maybe fucked them.
2: Yeah, or at least he was maybe in love with uh, Keanu's Everyone
1: was in love with Keanu, though.
2: Scotty, that's true. Scotty. I mean, he's a handsome boy.
1: He's a handsome boy. He's very charming.
2: He's a kid that's set to get a trust fund in a week because he's going to turn 21 in a week. Yeah. Bob and his crew of of gay street hustler miscreants are, like, really looking forward to their lives changing once the hottie boy Scotty gets his dad's trust fund, Yeah. but Scotty has a plan. Just change everything when he gets this money. But, and it, the, the weird, the way he gauges his sexuality and the way yeah. he does it is very interesting.
1: Yeah, his whole thing is that he says multiple times, two men cannot love each other. And that you're not gay unless you start doing things for free. So as long as you're getting paid to do what you're doing, you're just hustling.
2: Maybe that was true in that character's own head, but it almost seemed like a sense of of uh, a denial in a certain it way, like, because you got this guy who's well to do and he's not keeping that a secret mm-hmm. and, but he has these specific ground rules, like it's all like presenting it like it's all a game to him. He could be bisexual. He I, could mean, be. I mean, that likely is, I think that likely is the case.
1: Well, there are some people, and I feel like he falls into whatever if you're going to put him in a box, right? Then it's sort of like the bisexual but heteroromantic, Mm. right? So, like, he can get excited, fucking whoever, but he's only ever going to be in a relationship and be emotionally connected in that way to... The same sex. At least that's what he has put upon himself, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know that he genuinely does love River Phoenix.
2: It, you get that. You definitely get that feeling. Like he he looks out for them. He very specifically. It's it's a much different relationship than he has with Bob or anybody yeah. else. And he loves Bob like a father.
1: He loves Bob like a father, and I feel that he loves what is what is River Phoenix's character's name?
2: Uh, Mikey. Mikey. Mike
1: thank you mike like a little brother mm. he looks out for him he takes care of him mike has narcolepsy yeah and the way this is portrayed is fucking brilliant i've never in person i've seen depictions of narcolepsy by actual like people who have it on television but i've never actually like seen that but it it, it just felt very real to me uh the way that he the way that he did it but but i mean he's he is he's a hustler and he randomly falls asleep sometimes and when
2: he gets particularly stressed or something it's a
1: stress induced which is normal stress induced and you can tell that scotty is always taking care of him mm -hmm. like there's multiple times where mikey wakes up and he's in scotty's arms because scotty has like
2: when mikey goes out he has these dreams these images of idaho well that's where he's originally from and images of his mother Mother.
1: things remind him of his mother
2: things remind him of his mother there's one point where he a woman buys him and that's when we first meet scotty as she brings him in another i forget the other hustler kid's name where he's wearing baseball pants and chains like he's very funny to me i kind of wanted to know more about him yeah but that's when we first meet scotty and they're set up like they're all going to have sex with this lady and Mikey River Phoenix is in the room with her, and you can tell, like, I mean, he's not into women, but I don't know what you would do. I don't know what you'd do as a sex worker if you're not attracted to the person you're with, but, of course, he gets images of his mother, mm-hmm. and, I mean, he prefers boys anyway. That's pretty clear. Sure, but and, she
1: reminds him of his mom. And, of
2: course, so he nar- he narcs out, narcoleptics out. <laughs>
1: he falls asleep.
2: He falls asleep. What? <laughs> Narking out.
1: Okay, sure. Um
2: Is that a band it word? It is
1: interesting. No, I don't I have literally no idea.
2: Well, narc um, people who rat on yeah, the that's drug the, drugs.
1: that's the actually yeah, that's what that makes me think of. Um mm. It's interesting when you do first meet Scotty just to talk about that for one second. So River Phoenix, obviously Mikey is, you know, on the street. He always appears like a little disheveled a little dirty. But Scotty, though he also lives on the street, they kind of have this big house that they all live in, or this big building that that yeah, they all yeah. stay in together. He somehow, when you walk in, like y- you don't think that for a second that he's in the same boat. Like he doesn't seem like he's also a hustler. And then when you find out he is, you think, oh, maybe he's like a little more like high end, right? Yeah, because he portrays himself as like he wears like a suit when they're mm. running around on the street. What's interesting is later he does go visit his dad at some point, and that's like. The only time you see him, like, without a shirt on and a blue jean jacket, like a (laughs) collar. Like, he's playing a role.
2: Yeah, when he goes to see his actual wealthy father, he looks the most shitty.
1: I had this thought when I realized what he was doing. Like you said, I mean, he obviously talks about this plan that he has. He's going to get this money. And he, in this conversation with Bob, basically says, when this money comes, I am going to make a change. And because I have been so bad, my parents are going to be more impressed with me when I make this change to being good than if I had been good the entire time. Yeah. That kind of bites him in his ass because his dad dies as soon as he gets the money. Yeah. Like, he doesn't get to have that experience with his father, so he's basically, like, had no relationship with his father for four years. He's been running around since he was, like, 17. Um, but everyone knows who he is. Yeah, it's Like, there's not a point a where the cops, like, raid the building he lives in Basically, so they can give him a message from his dad, which is your dad wants to see you.
2: Uh, Scotty, the Keanu Reeves character, he kind of does kind of represent this aspect of gutter punk, gutter punkness, street punkness. That seems like it's more volunteer. There's yeah. always this aspect where people are just kind of more glommed onto the life. Some mm-hmm. kids, because they're gay, got kicked the fuck out of their house or just whor- homeless for a variety of reasons or just to find people that connect with them. Yeah. Scotty is just, you get the feeling that Scott, Scotty could charm his way into any place. He like could, he really is he could, kind he of doesn't
1: have to do this. Yeah. He could stop doing this. He's, he's doing it because it's fun for him. Yeah. And you know, it's also one of the, one of the scenes that like got to me the most is there's this diner. They all kind of go to or restaurant or whatever. Um, and you can tell they just hang out there all the time and probably just like drink water and order French fries. Right. And so there's all these young people talking about like the first time they did a date. Yeah. And it's kind of going back and forth with them. And I thought of these kids when you were talking about the, the other guy, the kind of like third in this group with the woman. You get these like tiny slices of these other kids lives. And it feels like. Every one of their stories would be just as interesting as this one if you were following them instead. Go, you know? I'll and go, I loved that. When
2: it was going into those kids' stories, I, I I, mean, I have no proof of this. I didn't look this up. But to me, the, it felt like those stories felt real to oh, me. Oh, yeah. So I thought, like, in these moments, it's almost like a documentary mm-hmm. interview. Classic Twink Boys, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And, Which I don't even think that was a thing back then, but yeah.
2: <laughs> so, uh, we get a lot of images of roads, scenic Idaho. I mean, the images that we see early on of an old barn and it crashes down into the street, like uh, uh, just an amazing visual. And I was, I couldn't stop thinking about that. I was um, props to Gus Van Sant for not showing that visual over and over again. Yeah, He only shows it once. But it's, and at the beginning, but it's so weirdly powerful. Apparently that was something that Gus Van Sant painted over and over again. Like an image that he had always been obsessed with. Oh, wow. Indicative of leaving home, leaving where you're from. He, he, uh, apparently he was born in Louisville and had some of his childhood there and spent a lot of his, uh, youth up around the Pacific Northwest. So, All right. so these areas are very familiar to him. There's also read that apparently all the actors, he let them stay at his house in Portland and they were partied so hard that he moved out of his own house into a different apartment so he could go go sleep. Oh my God. So you know, like they're drugging like crazy in this movie. So there's a mission and you do get that Scotty cares a lot for Mikey. That that, you don't know why Scotty, maybe it's for fun, but like, the most sincere relationship scotty probably has and may and the bob relationship might be sincere but it's just very different
1: he said he loves bob more than his real father which i believed but But he also would leave him just as quickly but he
2: absolutely loves uh mikey he absolutely does and when they're going off they go to idaho on a motorcycle they're
1: trying to find mikey's mom
2: trying to find his mom and there's um, my favorite scene in the movie when they're by the campfire.
1: Oh God, yeah. And
2: River Phoenix as Mikey is just very uh like how how would you
1: He's he's so open, it's very it's But very scared real. at the same you can tell he's it's scared of
2: what's coming out of his mouth. At he the is same time. because
1: he's trying to he wants to tell Scotty that he is in love with him. This is when Scotty again lays out the fact that like two guys can't be in love with each other and and river phoenix says well i think i think i can
0: well i I don't know i mean i mean for me i could love someone even if i you know wasn't paid for it i love you and you don't pay me
1: because I love you and I want to kiss you right now. But there's these like these pauses and River Phoenix is just like staring into the fire. Like he's not looking at Scotty because he is, like you said, he's so scared of the words coming out of his mouth because it's one of those moments where you can tell he feels like this is the only time I'm going to have the fucking guts to say this, but he knows it's not going to be met with what he wants it to be met with, but he needs to say it. And even at the end of that, when Keanu makes it clear that this is not going to happen between us, he still is like, come here, and he holds him until he falls asleep. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was, it was like you could tell, I felt, that if Keanu Reeves, Scotty, didn't have this big grand plan... They could have had something. Yeah, but he wouldn't allow himself to because he knew he was going to leave him. It's like I'm not going to do anything. But again, he doesn't do anything with boys unless he's being paid.
2: And in a way, I knew better. But also, for the rest of the movie, I had a yeah, genuine hope. I did too. That they would come together. I
1: really did too.
2: But that that campfire scene was beautiful. It was like gorgeous. I loved loved that scene. They go to um, Mikey's brother's house.
1: Yeah, this was so.
2: This is a crazy shit, too, because um, Mikey kind of, he he tends to get very amped up around his brother very and easily. And so he's
1: constantly passing out. Yeah. He'll come to, they'll have a short conversation, he'll pass out again, and the brother's like, this always happens yeah. when we're together. And...
2: The brother tells a story.
1: He does. Because
2: um, um, they're half-brothers about his mother meeting this dirtbag cowboy type he described. Yeah and uh, and this guy wasn't very good to her or him or whatever and she tells a story of their mother at a drive through with this guy watching rio bravo i remember the movie they mentioned and the mother essentially like shoots mm-hmm. uh what is he's obviously alluding to as mikey's he
1: says and he's your real father yeah and mikey says no he's not i know who my father is he
2: says it's you are my real father
1: and then they show with these you know home movies that they've been showing of his memories they show one of his mother kissing a young boy yeah which is his brother yeah
2: but he just means that you're actually the one that raised me
1: is that what he means
2: at least that's what i, I- was
1: can i thought may i thought
2: that his own brother was his dad? I
1: mean, it has happened. It's not impossible. It's fucking awful. Well, I
2: know it's not impossible. But, but his
1: I, mom was fucked up. That's why, Then they put him in I, an institution. They said that, like, Mikey did not grow up with his mom. They would go visit him. They took him away from her.
2: I interpreted it that, like, his real father is his brother because his brother was the only one who was
1: okay, consistently that, there. Okay, that is sweet. That is not how I took it. I mm. took it as that.
2: his His brothers literally is dead
1: tell me i want to know
2: okay i'll tell you i'll tell your son you are the father he's your father that's interesting that's interesting
1: i wouldn't have thought that potentially if they hadn't immediately showed the mom kissing the little boy
2: if you've seen this I did. If y'all yeah. have seen this movie, you know what we're talking about. Comment what you think. You are the father!
1: I I thought she was the worst of all. Well. I really thought that's what he meant.
2: Now I'm more curious I like that
1: version much better than what happened in my brain.
2: Yeah, yeah. So they're still looking for... Uh, still
1: looking for his mom. His mother. Oh, real quick about the brother. Yeah. One thing I really loved when they went to his trailer is that... He had all these paintings of other people's family. Oh, that
2: was odd. There's like these little, it's, you can't cover it in discussing this movie. There's, but there's so much. There's a little turns of phrases and a little bits of imagery all over this movie that it that just helps define the whole charm of this entire. Also, we're talking about some sad shit there, but this movie is actually very funny as well. It
1: is. There's some hilarious moments.
2: I think, pretty sure it's a comedy, essentially.
1: Dark comedy? Sure um i really want to know well we if i was wrong about we'll that. I that i know i won't later. but
2: you are the father
1: oh my god that kind of changed because then the whole time at the end i was like what the fuck i mean i don't know and then he does show him like this postcard that the mom had sent to the brother saying that she had gone to this hotel um in idaho no where it, did they it go was in
2: idaho idaho like in snake river or something
1: Yeah, and so they went to this place. And
2: they meet up with this guy named Hans, Hans, who's like a car park All through this movie. Yeah, he shows up everywhere.
1: He's a German man. And
2: there's also these scenes that are like from Renaissance paintings. Like there's a part where uh, Keanu Reeves is holding... River Phoenix, and it looks like the Messiah, the Virgin Mary holding the Messiah mm-hmm. after the crucifixion, and the the bound hand, like, and when they get into sex scenes, the sex scenes are very much like f- images, oh, like two second static but they're not images.
1: Photos, yeah, it's people holding a position, like
2: they're, yeah, and they are a position like Renaissance paintings, like. Mm-hmm. So when they meet up with Hans, Hans pays for scotty and mike mm-hmm. and so you get like this three-way scene where they're like in these weird renaissance poses and shit mm-hmm. and of course they get the money they find out because the mother used to wear the hotel they find out through the people who work there that she actually fucked off to rome yeah. a long time ago and so they get the money from hans and sell the motorcycle to hans and they go to rome mm-hmm. and they find an a- they have an address and they go there And all that's there is just this, like, little young Italian girl. And when she sees Keanu Reeves... It's
1: immediate.
2: ...immediately smitten.
1: They both are.
2: And so there's, like... It's electric. And so, like, there's a passage of time here. And, like, they start hooking up Keanu, uh, Scotty, and this young woman. And so this is where it's at least Scotty is by here. Mm -hmm. And, And Mikey is feeling definitely like the third wheel. And one day... Keanu's like, here, here's some money. We're going to, we're going to leave. I'm in love, man. Mm -hmm. And this is the point where, you know, Scotty is probably deciding to make that change that he's been. Oh yeah. He basically
1: takes this girl back to America to be his woman when he steps back into his rich life.
2: So, but they also hear that like Mikey's mother left like a long time ago. And so Mikey tries to hustle and roam for a little bit and there's this scene where he's can't understand what this John's saying so he kind of induces himself into narcolepsy he like jumps <laughs> on
1: the bed and starts to go around so that he passes yeah. out just to get out of it so
2: he finally makes it back and he's and Mikey hooks up with Bob's crew and um and they see Scotty done up
1: i don't know what it was and i don't i don't know if this is referential to something either but the image of Bob and Flea and Mikey cuddled up in that corner outside that restaurant for some reason was very striking to me because it's in those moments where it's like, you know, the juxtaposition of them seeing Scotty get out of this car with all his like, his like girl. And they're all like done up and look nice. Like that felt very like cold. And even the two of them, like I didn't feel the spark between the two of them anymore Mm. once they were like in America. yeah But then you see these like three men who have like no money and, no roof over their head, cuddled up together, and they're like a family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they see Scotty, and and Bob's like, it's him. And Sco- he's back. He's got the money.
2: Scotty has, um, he's all suited up. He's got his Italian girlfriend, who he's probably engaged to at this point. Mm-hmm, sure. He has accepted the lot of life. He that plan where he wants to like convert and be take that trust money and be the kind of person his dad wants him to be. Uh, he's finally hit that point and they try to like reach out to him like they're not mad at him for it, but they want to like give him the chance to kind of like acknowledge them again. Yeah, you know?
1: well, so Bob follows him in, and this is another very Shakespearean moment where Bob follows him into the fancy restaurant and Keanu Reeves is standing with his back mm-hmm. to the scene and Bob is like, my son, my Scotty, you're yeah. back. And Keanu like does this speech where he does not deny knowing him. Yeah. He actually even says, "I I love you more than my real father who just died." Yeah, and that's when we find out his dad's dead. And he said, "But I am turning. I have turned away from this life, so I cannot acknowledge you. He does until someday when I come back." Yeah,
2: to it. he does like say, "Like someday I will come back."
1: But for now, I deny you. Yeah. And it breaks Bob's heart to the point that Bob dies that night.
2: Yeah, he dies. So his real father dies, and then Bob essentially dies like the next day or two. Mm-hmm. So you, there's a contrasting funeral scene where
1: this is wonderful. Scotty
2: is at uh, his real dad's funeral,
1: and it's very buttoned and, up. And...
2: and down the hill, the the hustler family crew is like down the hill mourning Bob and. But it's very informal, and they're just screaming Bob's Dancing name. And music over and, and over and over and again. Yeah. And Scotty is like just not even trying to hide the fact that he's just kind of looking down at the hill at them the whole time. Yeah. And
1: he lost both of his fathers in one day.
2: Yeah. So.
1: But at that point, I almost didn't even feel sorry for him because yeah. he he had turned his back on him and he also in that moment could have stood up and walked down that hill but he didn't
2: if river phoenix didn't pass away do you think there could have been a possibility of like a some type of i don't know if i don't think Gus Van Sant ever made a sequel or anything mm. he uh he made a shot for shot remake of psycho
1: <laughs> i don't know that gus van sant would do a sequel to this movie because unless it's like I don't know now.
2: Yeah, You know yeah. what I
1: mean? Like with the idea that maybe Keanu has come back to this life and he's now the boss. I guess
2: and... it's, it's yeah, it's just the hint that he could return to the life. He could. Oh yeah, I could like, see that. Like what would that mean? That kind of put it in my head. But if River Phoenix is not there, then it's not.
1: It would never, yeah. You but... can't
2: really do it without him. He's so good in this movie.
1: Yeah, and you know, the way this ended too, like I really, I so badly. So, so just like you said, after the fire scene, I so badly wanted them to get together. But then there came a point where all I wanted was to know that River Phoenix was going to be okay. I wanted to know that Mikey was going to be okay. And there's this thing that happens. There's so much we can't talk about. We have skipped over. But there's this sort of um, chapter break where Mikey always finds himself on this road in Idaho. And he calls it his road. And he, like, does his eyes like this. And he looks and he can see. It looks like a face a to him that's saying... Yeah. Um, how are you or something, yeah. like is greeting him. And at the very beginning, we see him on this road and he's doing this sort of like monologue to himself about how this is his road and he always finds himself on this road. That's the road he and Keanu are on when he tells him that he loves him. Um, And then at the very end, he's on that road again with his knapsack again. Yeah. And you, I thought in that moment, okay, maybe he's gonna be okay. Maybe he's gonna go back and live with his brother and get a job, I don't know. Brother, or father. At that point, I thought he was, but yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Brother, um, father. Brother, father. Um, but what in up happening
2: is, he... R- in Game of Thrones. Brother,
1: fucker. Yes. Yeah, br- brother, fucker. Brother, fucker. Come, um. So he's on this street and he becomes overwhelmed and he passes out and someone comes. This truck comes up and you think, oh, this person's going to help him and they, steal, and they steal, his his steal his shoes and his knapsack. Yeah. And then he's laying there for a while. And then another truck comes up and you don't even see this it's person like car. or car. Sorry. Yeah. They don't even see this person's face because it's just, it's a far off shot, and but he picks them him up and puts him in the car you, and drives down the road. When
2: the truck stole his shoes, you got so mad.
1: I was so mad. And
2: then you asked me, I was like, if you saw someone laying by the side of the road or laying in the road like that, would you stop? Mm-hmm. Would you try to help them? Mm-hmm. And like, you were like, well, like,
1: I said you would like,
2: it was a, like it was a test for me specifically, <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, of course, I don't, I'm not going to leave."
1: Well, my assumption was that you would. I was yeah, like, you yeah. would stop and put someone in your car, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Well, you were like, you
2: wouldn't do that, would you? Like a, a test of the marriage. I think
1: you wouldn't steal his stuff.
2: What if I said, actually, I would. Those shoes, I would take those shoes. What would you do? Uh, it's not. This meant- would
1: be a different conversation. I kind
2: of thought that maybe that was his brother putting him into the vehicle.
1: I think, I think that's open it is open
2: apparently it's not supposed to be specifically known but that's the last scene as we see a person from far away pulling uh putting mikey into their car and that's the last we see him we don't get we don't get a proper uh relationship between mikey and scotty we don't find mikey's mother um uh, she's probably not meant to be found maybe not even alive as far as we know hmm. so And that is uh, my own private Idaho, a beautiful movie that is a lot funnier than uh, maybe we described it. But there's just so much nuance in the dialogue and the yeah. So finally, after decades, we finally got to this movie, and movies are gay, and we hump gay movies. Yeah, we do. We find the nice twinky ass twinkiness movies. And maybe we'll get a bear movie later this morning. Uh, you're going to have this one through five. I'm going to have this one through five combined for best out of ten. ten. Go ahead, lady.
1: I think I'm going to say
2: 4.5. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, it was excellent. I really loved the cinematography, too. You know, we talk so much about... How, especially now, I feel like people get too showy with, like, the shots they're doing and they want you to think they're so clever about the way that they look at something. But there was, like, a beautiful simplicity and like, the stillness of some of these, like, country shots. Like, you talked about the shot where the house falls into the street, like.
2: No, the ideas on here that are executed actually are clever.
1: They are. They are. Without hitting you over the head, it just feels. Is 4.5 high enough? This movie was beautiful 4.5
2: is very good
1: no i know yeah that's yeah
2: in fact i'm matching your 4.5
1: yeah fuck yeah
2: so that makes it a nine nine.
1: agree a
2: nine Uh, it's under out of the past and above cold war
1: okay okay i mean listen if you're at the top of the a's like you're an ex it's an excellent film yeah. I would recommend right now any of anybody to watch any movie on this list. If you've not seen it, you need to see this movie. Yeah,
2: all of our A's and S's are high. They're recommends. all just I recommends. Like... And uh, here I'll show you. I haven't corrected the numbering. My own private Idaho, Gus Van Sant, is our uh, second best A tier movie, right under Out of the Past, Jacques Tournier's probably best movie i haven't seen all of his other uh creature features but uh yeah uh my own private i i feel like this is a good movie um a good a weirdly comforting film to kind of like put on in the background i think mm. in the future yeah. and we own this this is uh one of the movies i got you several movies for was it birthday christmas, christmas?
1: it was christmas yeah you got me like a, a selection of queer cinema
2: yeah and, um, so we're, we're avoiding the ones we know the most Yeah, that you'd probably go high. I think next year we'll just, dis- we'll discuss the ones that are more in our no nouveau mm-hmm. But I think for this year, for movies are gay research stuff that we haven't seen in a very long time or that we haven't seen at all. That's
1: exciting to me.
2: With the exception <laughs> of one that we have seen in the last 10 years, but I'm excited to revisit next week, um, yeah. And Sometimes I
1: don't know what we're going to watch.
2: No, like it's a surprise.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
2: My Own Private Idaho. It's a 9 out of 10... Fuck yeah. ...hump movie by Gus Van Zandt. Good job, Gus. We like your movie. It felt very personal. Um, so
1: signing off, I'm Angela.
2: Oh, I'm Bob Sham. This was <laughs> Movie this humpers. humpers. Check the show notes for links and places to find us and...
1: Death to all traitors. Death
2: to all traitors.